Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. Pump Tech Podcast. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Joined by Zaire Franklin of Indianapolis Colts. It's good to see you, brother. Coming off a big win on Thursday night. How are you doing? I'm good, brother. Appreciate you having me. Vibes going on. No, bro. I appreciate you. I appreciate you joining me. So, um, yeah, no. Let's uh, let's talk about Thursday night. Um, everybody on Twitter was going wild about the game, just waiting for a touchdown to be scored, and both defenses respectfully declined, allowing that to happen. Um, Low-scoring game, defensive battle. I mean, being on the defensive side of the ball, you, you got to thrive off those. Am I right? Yeah, um, it's actually funny. So we go to uh, linebacker dinner uh, every every Thursday. All the linebackers we always get to go to different restaurants in Indianapolis. And uh, I look up at the score, and it's six to six. And like, I didn't want to say it because I'm like locked in on the situation. But I was thinking to myself, I was like, yeah, if we were at dinner watching this, I'd probably turn the game off. But, <laughs> but uh, you know. Um, Defensive battle, I mean, they always the best ones to get into. You know, when we was out there, just really letting the defense know, letting my guys know, like, you know, the first defense that Blinks was going to lose. So, you know, we had to make sure we stay stay strong and stay firm to get that win. Stefan Gilmore, talk about him for a minute, because in both wins that you guys have had thus far, he has been a guy who has made play after play in those wins, did it against Kansas City, did it against Denver, what has a veteran like him being added to the locker room, added to the team, uh, done for your defensive unit as a whole? Oh, man, a tremendous amount. Um, he just, I don't like, you know, you hear people say, you know, a, a consummate pro, like a perfect pro, but, you know, he's just a guy that just, you know, approaches his work with extreme detail. Um, he's just so smart. He's just his understanding of the game is just, next level, you know, coming from, you know, all pro defensive player of the year, Super Bowl champion. I mean, he's done everything that we've all want to, you know, accomplish. So when he speaks, it means something. Um, we know he's always coming from a perspective of experience and just, you know, obviously just having a guy out there that's just a lockdown corner, um, a playmaker like himself, um, you know, it's just a, it's just a, a extra safety net, extra blessing out there, just knowing that, you can leave Gilmore out there by himself because 99% of the chance he's going to win. So. And another one of your defensive leaders, your running mate, Shaq Leonard, he's missing time with injury. Um, talk about what he means, not just to the linebacking core, not just to the defense, but to the team, because this is a guy who has been fantastic from day one. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously missing him for the first few games. Uh, what does, you know, what's, what's the difference like having him in the lineup versus not having him? And what's it like to have him back? Um, man, I mean, obviously – thing about D. Leonard is like uh, he just just the energy that he brings um, and just his presence is just why I felt, you know, even when he's not playing, just having him on the sidelines, having him in the locker room, having him on a team bus with us, that honestly just means so much just because we were able, we're all able to pull in and, and, and pull from that. And he just, I mean, he's our guy, he's our leader, you know, getting him back um, means a lot. His playmaking, obviously he's, Best, probably the best playmaker in the NFL um, at this point right now. Um, top, top defensive player. Um, so you know, whenever we get him back, definitely thankful. Um, you know, just to be able to have a baller like that in our room and in our locker room, and just for me to be able to see it and watch it for you know 
five years. Um, it's just been amazing just to watch his ascension. So, yeah, great player. Five years for you on the team. Five different quarterbacks, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, in all those years. Um, another new one this year and Matt Ryan. Um, veteran who's still got a lot to prove. I think that he's kind of got a chip on his shoulder, you know, going from Atlanta, coming to Indianapolis. Uh, what have you seen from Matt Ryan thus far um, in terms of how he carries himself, how he helps lead this team? Oh, just a leader. Um, just a guy that, you know, through the, through the storm, through good times and bad times, he's a guy that you, you want to follow. He's a guy you want, you know, driving the ship. Um, no question. Um, you know, just a guy who just constantly pushes himself, pushes the guys around him. Um, very smart player. Um, knowing that, you know, right now they're going through struggles, but you know, he's a, he's a guy that lets you know, he's upfront and honest about it. You know, he wants to be held accountable. He wants to hold guys accountable. So that's always a great thing, especially when you got, you know, a team or a unit that's not, you know, maybe performing up to was you know, expectations, you know, guys and leaders that, you know, look to be held accountable and look to hold other guys accountable. I feel like, make the uh, biggest difference just because, you know, that that's how you end up moving forward and pushing through those, you know, those little ruts that you go through. Is it difficult to kind of go through that turnover? Because um, like I said, you know, each year, different guy at the helm. Um, it's very unique to the NFL. Obviously turnover happens, but especially at that position, it's, it's different to see something like that each year. Uh, is that difficult to adjust to? Um, I would say, I mean, for personally, for me, defensively, you know, it really doesn't matter. Um, you know, I mean, obviously we play a little different, you know, when we had luck, it was a different feeling over there. Um, then, you know, obviously when he retired beginning of the season, we understood more responsibility for us and then on to, you know, Phillip and Matt and Carson. So obviously it kind of allows you to play a little different, but for the most of our part defensively, you know, it's just, I do our job. Our job is to make sure that, you know, the other team doesn't score more points than us and, you know, whether, and that just kind of tempers our expectations when you know that the offense is struggling or you know that they're trying to figure some things out. You just understand that you got to raise the level of your play. And, um, you know, for the most part, we've been, you know, somewhat successful with that and, you know, just just kind of work through all those things. So for me personally, it hasn't really changed except, you know, getting to know all those guys. It's actually very interesting how different all those guys are. But So you start off the year tying the Houston Texans, uh, lose to Jacksonville week two. Everybody's already writing off the Indianapolis Colts. And then week three, everybody, everybody, I think everybody going into that watching home was like, all right, well, we're going to bet Kansas City, whatever the spread is. And then Matt Ryan said, hold my beer. The, def the defense came to play and you upset Kansas City. And then this past Thursday, you get back to 500. Tell me why the Indianapolis Colts. I'm not going to be like, all right, do you still have a chance in this division's eye year? Because if you told me no, I'd be asking, I'd be a little bit worried. Tell me why the Indianapolis Colts are winning the AFC South. Because we got two AFC South opponents back-to-back. -back. And, you know, to win both of those puts us directly in the driver's seat. Um, so, you know, and any given Sunday, you know, it's just, we, 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 look, we control our own destiny. It, it, it's so funny how, it's like my favorite thing, but it's like my least favorite thing about the league or how how high and low it gets. You know, when you lose, you're terrible. Everybody needs to go. You need to get rid of everything. But when you win, it's just like, oh, my gosh, look, you guys figure something out. You guys are special. So <laughs> we always talk about never riding the waves of the league and, you know, never being too high, never being too low. But we, I feel like as long as we have opportunity, then there's always a chance to achieve our goals. And. We have ample opportunity, you know, going into what week six, you know, more than three months less of the season to play. Still multiple division games left. 
Um, and it all starts on Sunday against Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, playing those guys so soon again after the week two matchup. Um, you know, when you have a game like that divisionally, obviously there's a little bit extra um, that goes into that. I think a little bit extra motivation. Um, but especially right now, I mean, you're already seeing these guys again. You saw them in week two and they beat you handedly. How does that kind of, kind of translate into a preparation? Like, all right, you know, what we got Does that for you? Does that be like, all right, you know, what we've got even more to prove this week, especially the fact that they're a division opponent. Um, well, I don't really feel like it's more so something to prove. It's just going out there and playing our game. You know, I feel like, you know, playing them in week two down Jacksonville, you know, obviously didn't go our way. They, you know, they really, they got after us, but you know, now we're back home. Um, and, you know, it's just the second opportunity to write that right. I mean, I write that wrong. So, you know, just looking for another chance, you know, get it, get to play against a quality opponent, especially, you know, guys in our division. Um, so, you know, just looking forward to those fireworks on Sunday. I expect you to uh, to be in Trevor Lawrence's face all day. <laughs> so, uh, and if you do, just point to the camera. Just remember your friend Jarrett. And, uh, and uh, just be sure. I'll just know that I'll be watching. Uh, Zaire Franklin, my friend. I appreciate you joining me. Good luck this Sunday throughout the rest of, rest of the season. Hopefully, we can do this again soon. Yes, sir. Appreciate you having me, my man. All right, my man. Take care. Yeah. That is Zaire Franklin, linebacker from the Indianapolis Colts. Hey, look, you know, the game on Thursday, yes. Everybody made a meme about it, talking about how unwatchable it was, how, you know, look, guys like that, I mean, that's when they get to shine. Now, you look at what this team has done. I mean, Stephon Gilmore has already proven to be a valuable addition. Guys like Zaire Franklin stepping up when Shaq Leonard is missing in the first part of the season. So good for the Colts. They face Jacksonville this Sunday. Trying to redeem themselves and get to 3-2-1, and one, which I believe would put them in sole possession of the AFC South lead should Tennessee lose. So good luck to Zaire Franklin and the Indianapolis Colts this Sunday. Coming off a win against the Denver Broncos. Let's talk about, by the way, let's talk about the Denver Broncos. Not just the Denver Broncos. Let's talk about the Las Vegas Raiders. Let's talk about the hiring process as a whole for these teams, because right now there seems to be a real problem and a real lack of a real lack of what's the word I want to look for. Not digging deep enough. You know, Nathaniel Hackett, he gets the job largely based off of the success that he had in green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. Josh McDaniels is getting his second, Crack at being a head coach, largely based off the success he had with Tom Brady and coaching under Bill Belichick. And the, by the way, how's that going for him? Well, they're th- combined three and seven right now. And <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett can't get Russell Wilson to stop making cringy subway commercials long enough to see KJ Hamler wide open in the middle of the field. And the Chief, or the Raiders just blew a 17 point lead on Monday Night Football to the Chiefs. When guys get hired, it seems like during these hiring processes, we're they're finding the guys that are doing exactly what they should do with the quarterbacks that they had. Nathaniel Hackett, he had Aaron Rodgers. Josh McDaniels had Tom Brady. Look for the guys that do less, that do more with less 
Kyle Shanahan turned Matt Ryan into the most valuable player of the National Football League. Matt Ryan ain't doing much since he uh, hasn't had a lot of playoff success since he since he lost Kyle Shanahan. Sean McVay turned Kirk Cousins into a nearly 5,000-yard passer. Kirk Cousins hasn't had a lot of playoff success in Minnesota. Now, is this to say that every hire is going to be a Shanahan or a McVay? Probably not. But look at the pattern. Look at the guys in their first year that have been successful. Or look at the guys who have gotten head coaching jobs in the past couple years that have been successful. Zach Taylor was just in the Super Bowl. Who do you coach under? Sean McVay. Mike McDaniel, already having early success in Miami. Who did he coach under? Kyle Shanahan. Kevin O'Connell, 4-1 and one right now in Minnesota, his first year. Who did he coach under? Sean McVay. Find smart people that have done more with less And the people that they trust below them, so far they're doing pretty well. Because guys like McVeigh and Shanahan, they lean into what their team can do, not what they want them to be capable of and they can't do. You know, we're, everybody's marveling over Nathaniel Hackett and Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels and Nathaniel Hackett rode shotgun in Ferraris. Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay took four separate Honda Civics to Super Bowls. And Sean McVay won one. You look at what... Kyle Shanahan took Matt Ryan and Jimmy Garoppolo to Super Bowls. And again, Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo, both good quarterbacks. But they're not in that elite class. Sean McVay took Jared Goff to a Super Bowl. Now, I think that Stafford is a step above Jared Goff. But Jared Goff, or I'm sorry, Matthew Stafford wasn't talked about, you know, being an elite quarterback until he got to Los Angeles and played with Sean McVay. Look for the guys that do more with less, not the guys that ride shotgun and Ferraris and don't get to the finish line. Look for the guys that get to the finish line with Honda Civics. Because right now, the guys that do that are the ones who have the most success in the league. And this isn't new. Like Adam Gase got hired by the Jets because of the, su the success he had with Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning has had a billion different coordinators and was successful with all of them because he's Peyton Manning. Aaron Rodgers, it doesn't matter who's calling the plays, he's Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady, he won Super Bowls before Josh McDaniels, and he won one immediately after Josh McDaniels. And by the way, what did Josh McDaniels do after Tom Brady? Oh, they went 7-9 and nine with Cam Newton. Even then, last year, Mac Jones, he was a pro bowler by default, and they beat a lot of banged-up bad teams. And what do they look like right now? Largely the same roster. They're just not a very good football team. And look what he's doing with the Raiders. Hey, look, you get Devontae Adams. You got Derek Carr, both of which are better at any position than you had in New England the past few years. And you're one and four. Blowing 17-point leads. Turning the ball over. 
Look for the guys that do more with less. Again, are all of them going to be end up being Sean McVay's or Kyle Shanahan's? Probably not. But the pattern isn't lying right now. And the guys who have got jobs this year, Kevin O'Connell and Mike McDaniel, guys who studied under Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay, they're doing a hell of a lot better than Josh McDaniels and Nathaniel Hackett, the guys who rode shotgun and Ferraris in New England and Green Bay. Find the guys that do more with less. Find the guys that can take Honda Civics to Super Bowls, not crash Ferraris. So to move on from that, my little rant. There's a lot going on in Pittsburgh. Steelers are one and four. Cam Hayward is apparently but retweeting tweets about Mike Tomlin that are less than favorable toward his head coach. And if you're the Steelers right now, they still got a hell of a gauntlet to run. Because our next three games are Tampa Bay, Miami, Philadelphia. They still have yet to win a game without TJ Watt since drafting him. Now, look, everybody can point out, all right, TJ Watt is a big loss. He is a big loss. They still got two all pros on that side of the ball, though, and Cam Hayward and Mika Fitzpatrick. Alex Highsmith has looked good. Devin Bush and Miles Jack have both looked good. They didn't put up any sort of fight against Buffalo. That was a public whooping. And they didn't put up any resistance. They laid back and took it. And Josh Allen and the Bills had their way with the Steelers. Now look, we can blame Matt Canada. But my buddy Nick Farabaugh pointed out on Twitter, and I'll give him credit for that because it's, it does make sense why they wouldn't fire Matt Canada right now. Kenny Pickett needs some stability. Moving on from Canada it would add more chaos to this already burning fire. Don't do that to a rookie quarterback, which, by the way, Kenny Pickett looked good. The moment didn't look too big for him. He showed some moxie. He played well. So credit to Kenny Pickett for that. That's one of the very few bright spots, probably the only bright spot for Pittsburgh against Buffalo. Kenny Pickett looked good. Again, too early to say if he's going to be good long-term, but he looked good on Sunday. Deontay Johnson still drops at least two passes a game. He'll catch the most difficult thing in between five defenders, but he'll drop one that hits him right in the hands. Najee Harris has... like We are far enough into Najee Harris's career, 20-some games. He's got bad vision. And that's not good, especially for a running back that you spent a first-round pick on when you probably should have drafted a lineman. And that becomes more evident every day. Like right now, you can make the argument and it wouldn't be too far-fetched that Jalen Warren has played better than Najee Harris. It's not a lot to be excited about in Pittsburgh right now. Oh, and by the way, TJ Watt had a minor knee procedure because he had a bum knee and that's going to delay his return by probably a week. And by the way, if you're the Steelers, if you lose all three of these games, don't put T.J. Watt out there for the rest of the season. What's the point? You're going to be one and seven. Don't do that. Don't risk that. To salvage what? Get a high pick. If you feel confident in Kenny Pickett, trade it for a King's Ransom, get a lot of picks back, and build. Because it feels like this is already a throwaway year. 
And I get that the Steelers, you know, they don't reload. They don't rebuild. They reload. I, right now, being realistic about it, like they're not going to be a playoff team. Why throw TJ Watt back out there? Other for other than the fact to, you know, at least keep face that you're not just mailing it in. I think it's smart to shut them down. If now, if by the grace of whatever God you pray to, they get themselves back in this thing, like let's say they win two of the next three and they're like three and five. And you want to say, look, they can make a real run at this thing with TJ. Fine. But if you're two and six, one and seven, don't put them back out there. There's no need for that. Absolutely none. No, look, TJ, TJ himself will be like, no, I'm ready to play. I'm going to play. And you know what? Props to him. More power to you, TJ. Good for you for not, you know, jumping ship. Because he will. He's a competitor. That's what they pay him to do. And he's going to say something like that. You know, I get paid to play. Something like that. And he'll, he'll probably get back out there and good for him. But if I'm the Steelers, I'm having that conversation internally and saying, look, there's no reason for us to throw him back out there and risk any sort of damage. Let's just prepare for 2023. And we'll see. Now, Terrell Austin was a horrible hire, but Mike Tomlin doesn't hire from outside the organization. He's done it once in the past decade with Todd Haley. And when he did that, would you look at that? Ben Roethlisberger had the best years of his career. Mike Tomlin can't duck any blame anymore. Like we were used to be able to say, oh, it's the offensive line's fault. Oh, it's Matt Canada's fault. Mike Tomlin's got to shoulder some of this blame. Because at the end of the day, he's the one who hires these coordinators that everybody hates. He has say on who he coaches and who gets on the roster. He can't dodge any blame any longer. A good portion of this is on Mike Tomlin. And look, that's not to say that he's a bad coach. He's not. He's going to walk into Canton, Ohio when the time comes. He's going to get a bust. He's going to get a gold jacket. He hasn't had any playoff success in the past decade. They are 3-10 and 10 in the playoffs since 20, 2011. Is that the standard you're referring to, Mike? Because it ain't a good one. And that's great. He hasn't had a losing season. That's fantastic. We need to stop like shoving that down the throats of everybody. Like That's great. He needs to win when it matters. And in the past 10 years, he hasn't. Fair or not, it's the truth. I like Mike Tomlin. I'm not part of the camp that says, I'll oh, fire Mike Tomlin. No. However, I don't think it's hyperbolic to say that if this struggle continues next year, that they shouldn't consider it. And again, that wouldn't mean that Mike Tomlin is a bad coach. I don't like how, you know, if we think about, oh, firing, that means he's bad. Andy Reid got fired. A lot of people have been fired. Andy Reid got fired from Philadelphia because they had gone 4-12. and There's just too many times where they came close and didn't cross the finish line. And at the end of his run, it was just time for both parties to move on. And guess what? Andy Reid got hired in 10 minutes by the Chiefs. Philadelphia won a Super Bowl. Andy Reid won a Super Bowl. There's no reason to say that, hey, look, sometimes a mutual parting of ways is just needed for both parties involved. If the Steelers moved on from Mike Tomlin, they would still be a great organization. 
Mike Tomlin would get hired in 10 minutes and get he'd probably probably be successful. Because he's a great coach. But that doesn't mean that sometimes people just need to move on and start anew. And, you know, a few years down the road, if that's the case, more power to him. Because Mike Tomlin is going to be successful wherever he goes. The Steelers are still going to be successful because they're the Steelers. Sometimes you just need a fresh start. And again, do I think Mike Tomlin's going anywhere? No, he's going to have that job for as long as he wants it. But in this, you know, metaphorical world, you know, it's okay for two parties to move on, but still maintain success. And it's possible. We've seen it. Andy Reid, at the end of his Eagles run, it just wasn't working anymore. He got fired, immediately went to Kansas City, and immediately became successful. And the Eagles, yeah, they had to deal with some growing pains, but they got a Super Bowl before Andy Reid did. They did. <laughs> and they got it with a guy who was an Andy Reid disciple. He played for Andy Reid. He coached under Andy Reid. And he got a Super Bowl before Andy Reid. So to say that, oh man, if the Steelers fire Mike Tomlin, they're, they're going to be bad, or that makes Mike Tomlin a bad coach. No. No, it doesn't. It most certainly doesn't. So let's just slow down on all that talk because it absolutely does not make Mike Tomlin a bad coach. And it doesn't mean that the Steelers are a bad organization. None of that's true. People are allowed to mute. To, to mutually part ways and still find success elsewhere and still be good at what they do. And if it ever came to that, that's the situation that the Steelers and Mike Tomlin would be in. But probably not going to happen. Mike Tomlin will have that job as long as he wants it. And that's just what it is. But to say that he doesn't deserve some blame right now, I disagree with that. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. But I do think that he'll have that job as long as he wants it. Because one, the Steelers don't fire head coaches. It's not their forte. It's not their MO. They don't do it. But it's okay to say that Mike Tomlin deserves some blame and also acknowledge he's a good head coach. And that he would get a job in 10 minutes if he did become available. All of the all of these things can be true and aren't mutually exclusive. So there's my Steelers rant. Buffalo and Kansas City play each other this weekend, and it's going to be fun. Nance and Rome are going to be calling it the late window. It's going to be great. Outside of Buffalo and Kansas City, what teams can we say are good? That's a real question right now. Philadelphia? Maybe. Like, I'm not taking anything away from the Eagles. You know, they're 5-0, and last undefeated team in the league. Very talented, very deep. Jalen Hurts has taken a step forward as a passer. But to me, they feel like the 2019 Ravens, where they can race through the regular season, but when they face a real team, 
it feels like they could get sideswiped and be a one and done in the playoffs. So it's a strong perhaps on the Eagles. All right. Um, what about Cincinnati and Los Angeles? Oh, they're both two and three. All right. Uh, the Chargers. Chargers have the pieces, but again, they're hurt. Brandon Staley just keeps making the strangest coaching decisions of any coach in the NFL. So they have the quarterback. They got the pieces, but they're dealing with injuries and a head coach who keeps getting in his own way and shooting himself in the foot. Green Bay and Tampa Bay, they're the old guard of the NFC, but right now they have similar problems in the fact that their defenses are both good, but they can't put up points. And in the case of Green Bay, they just blew a 17-point lead to the Giants. How about the Giants? All right, well, I'm not going to bank on the Giants going on some sort of magic carpet ride with Daniel Jones as their quarterback, respectively speaking. I like Brian Dable. I think he's done a great job as head coach. He deserves to be coach of the year at this point this year. They're a fun team to root for. Saquon Barkley is having a career resurgence, and that's great to see. I don't think that they are you know, any sort of playoff threat. They could make the playoffs. I mean, they could be the seventh seed if they just keep pulling off these types of wins. But in that division right now, it's pretty good. And I just don't see them running through and being, you know, a real contender of sorts. I think they're still a year away. I think they're still a quarterback away. Um, And again, nothing against Daniel Jones. He's more athletic than people tend to give him credit for. We know he can run, but his arm, it scares the hell, probably scares the hell hell out of the Giants, to be honest. Um, So the Giants, probably not. Uh, The Cowboys, they've won four straight games with a quarterback not named Dak Prescott. um, But they're still the Cowboys until proven otherwise. Um, so Baltimore, you know, maybe, but they've blown two massive leads at home this season and their secondary is still statistically the worst in the NFL. So it's hard to say like the only two teams that we can point at right now and say, yep, they're good. Are Kansas city and Buffalo chiefs and the bills outside of that. You're going to have a strong, got to have a strong case to try to get that other team in the argument. And these two are on a collision course. And we're going to get a preview of probably the AC Championship game on Sunday. It's going to be in Arrowhead again, as all of these matchups tend to be, apparently. Both of them were in Arrowhead last year. The playoff game the year before was in Arrowhead. And now this game is in Arrowhead. Fourth straight meeting that they've had in Kansas City when these two teams play each other. So, now, if the Bills finish at the top of the conference and they get a home game in the playoffs, assuming that they play each other in Buffalo. I think that swings the table even more. The bills are favored in this game, by the way, three point favorites right now. Now, if you're the chiefs, there's good news and bad news. One, you just came back from 17 down. Travis Kelsey had four touchdowns and he beat the Raiders. The bad news is that if you get down 17 of the bills, he ain't coming back. There's not. Especially if they're smart, because they're not going to let up. I think we've seen that a lot from Buffalo this year. They didn't let up on the Rams. They won by three touchdowns. They won by a million against Tennessee. They could have put up 60 against Pittsburgh if they wanted to. Like, this is a relentless Buffalo Bills team, because they're pissed off. (laughs) They had the game won in Kansas City last year, and 13 seconds later, the game was tied, and Josh Allen didn't touch the ball again. I think there's a pissed off Buffalo Bills team that added Von Miller. That is a recipe for, oh no, (laughs) look what's coming at us for the rest of the NFL. And by the way, 
And I understand that Pittsburgh isn't a good team, but Buffalo just did that to them at will, missing a lot of their really good players. Micah Hyde didn't play because he's done for the year. Jordan Poyer didn't play. They were playing with both their backup safeties again like they did against Miami. A lot of talent that wasn't playing for the Bills, and they just publicly shellacked another group of men. Like, it was nothing. <laughs> like, it wasn't anything at all. Like, it was barely an inconvenience to them to just go out and rip the Steelers in half. Now, at full strength, there isn't another team in the NFL that I think is is better than them. But, Kansas City. That's been the the thorn in Josh Allen's side, the thorn in Buffalo's side. Knocked him out of the playoffs the past two years. Hey, it's going to be fun one Sunday. Preview, more than likely, of the AFC Championship game. And if it's half as good as the divisional game last year, we're in for a treat. So let's appreciate these two quarterbacks. And Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are the two best quarterbacks in the game right now. The Bills and the Chiefs are the best two teams in the league right now. And we're getting a healthy, healthy preview of... One of these two are winning the Super Bowl. One of them. And we're going to see whomever that may be. Perhaps a preview of it this Sunday. And it's going to be a lot of fun. All right. So before we get out of here, we'll do power rankings as we do at the end of every week going into Thursday. So we'll start off. Number 10, the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know, man. Like, yeah, they went four in a row. Cooper Rush is a good story. I just, I don't know. The defense is solid. Dallas, to me, feels like a team that can beat anybody and lose to anybody. So I don't know. They're 10. I get that they're a fun story. Like I said earlier, they're still the Cowboys and still proven otherwise. Tampa Bay is number nine. Yeah, Tampa just can't score. Like it's, they had trouble against the Falcons. And if not for a maybe the worst call, one of the worst calls in NFL history, they probably let the Falcons come back. So I don't know. Their offense hasn't looked good all season. Their defense looks good. But yeah, they need to figure their they need to figure out their offensive situation. So does the team in front of the Green Bay Packers already alluded to this a little bit. Um we can say as much as we want, like, oh, yeah, they'll figure it out. Well, it's already week six. Like, we can only say they'll figure it out for so long. Like, we're all, we're almost at the midseason form, midseason point. We're getting closer. It's mid-October now. Like, this is the point in the season where you got to start figuring out what works, what doesn't. You got to kind of get your, your stuff together. The Green Bay's number eight. Their defense is good, but they just blew a 17-point lead to the Giants. They play the Jets this weekend, though, in Lambeau. A pissed-off Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau. That's a recipe for a win. So Green Bay's number eight. Uh, Minnesota ahead of that, number seven. They're four and one. Um, they tried to lose to Chicago. Again, Minnesota's one of those teams. Like, they're fun. On their best days, they can beat anybody. On their worst days, they can lose to anybody. And they scare the hell out of me. Um, but, hey, four and one. They're feeling good right now, getting atop the NFC North. 
Minnesota, man. They, they were my dark horse darling coming into the season. I, I, I think I had them in Green Bay finishing both 11 and 6 with Green Bay edging them out in terms of, you know, division record or whatever. Um, would not surprise me in the slightest if the Vikings win the division. So Vikings are number seven. The Chargers are number six. Like, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, when you get to this point, like, like I said, we don't really know who's good. The Chargers have a really good quarterback, really good personnel. Austin Eckler is really good. Mike Williams is really good. They just need their guys to get healthy. Now they beat the Browns. They're three and two. Not a tough division, or at least what we thought was going to be a tough division. It seems a lot less difficult than we all expected. So my number six, and I'm hoping for the best for the Chargers. I want Justin Herbert to, to be in the playoffs. But we'll see. Number six. San Francisco's number five. Their defense is top three in the league. They beat up the Carolina Panthers. Their offense doesn't really put up points, though. Against teams not named the Carolina Panthers. But their defense is good. And that will definitely carry them as it usually has. I mean, that's, that's what the 49ers have done the past five years. Run the ball, play defense. Nothing new from them here. Number five. Number four. I'll put Baltimore number four. Like, yeah. Yeah, they've blown a few leads. Lamar's playing well, though. Now, he made a lot of bad throws against the Bengals. Like, he missed two open touchdowns and threw an ugly interception. Um, but game-winning drive proved that, hey, by the way, I'm paying the ass to game plan for. I'm just going to run on you, and there's nothing you can do about it, and I'm going to wind on the clock for Justin Tucker, who is automatic to win the game. It was an ugly win, but it was a win. And Baltimore sits atop the AFC North. So number four. Uh, Philadelphia, number three. Last remaining undefeated team. Cut it a little bit close against the Cardinals. They got a little bit lucky because their quarterback and head coach seemed to lack any sort of competence whatsoever. Um, but regardless, they're 5-0. and The Cardinals. Arizona, Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray just kind of crapped the bed and showed zero awareness. But, hey, Philadelphia got the job done. 5-0. and uh, Jalen Hurts playing well. They're incredibly deep. Their defense is really good. Yeah, Philadelphia, number three. Kansas City, number two. Hey, down 17 is basically down three to the Kansas City Chiefs. As long as they have that offensive line, that head coach, that quarterback, and that tight end. They did it against Houston a few years ago, down 19, and immediately erased that deficit in like five minutes. As soon as they made it 20 to 10, going into half and got the ball, at least I was thinking, yeah, the Chiefs aren't going to lose this game. There's not. And they march down and score a touchdown to make it a three-point game. They're good, man. They're very good. But the Buffalo Bills are a little bit better. Um, Josh Allen, to me, is the best quarterback in the NFL right now. If I had a blank slate, blank roster, had to choose a quarterback, he would be the one I'd choose. Leads the NFL in passing yards, leads the NFL in touchdown passes. And he's done so in two less quarters than the other guys because he sat out the fourth quarter against Tennessee, sat out the fourth quarter against Pittsburgh. He is on another level. He's playing with a chip on his shoulder, knowing that they've been close the past couple years and they've fallen short to Kansas City. And I think that's stuck with him. And the Buffalo Bills are playing like it has stuck with them. So Buffalo's number one. So to recap, 10 through 6. 
Dallas, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, Minnesota, Los Angeles Chargers, five through one. San Francisco, Baltimore, Philadelphia, Kansas City, Buffalo. Round out the top ten. All right, guys. So going into Thursday, we got Bears Commanders. On the bright side, there's no way it'll be like last Thursday. Could be fun though. And Carson Wentz, he's gonna sling it. The Bears are wearing those orange uniforms. I forgot that they had those, by the way, those orange helmets. I saw a picture of it today. I don't know how I feel about it. We'll see. We'll see how it looks on TV. But yeah, Commanders Bears, Thursday Night Football. I'll be back later on in the week. Appreciate Zaire Franklin for joining me. Good luck to him in the Indianapolis Colts against Jacksonville. Looking forward to seeing how they do. And we'll be back later on in the week to preview it. Breakdown, Commanders, Bears. As we keep rolling through the NFL season, week six already. Hey, guys, it goes by quick. Appreciate all of these. Appreciate these Sundays. We only get, you know, 20-odd, 23 of them a year. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. All right. That does it for me. Follow me on Twitter, at NFL. All the latest stuff, 33rd team, USA Today, Sports Illustrated. You know the drill. Um, new stuff coming out. Justin Fields, all 22 film study on USA Today. That'll come out tomorrow. Appreciate you guys joining me. Again, thank you to Zaire Franklin. See you guys later on in the week. This is the Bump Fake. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.